Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's go there. With Shira and Ryan. Oh my God. Entertainment. Music. Pop culture. LGBT plus news. Let's go there. Start now. Happy Friday. We made it. We, we made it. it. That is true. Woo. We did this thing called life. <laughs> And, you know, it's sometimes a struggle. But we made <laughs> sometimes. it. Sometimes. All the time is a struggle. <laughs> let me let me ask you. What? You know, I'm having a lot of stress. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm having a lot of anxiety. Because my birthday is next Thursday. Thank Woo-hoo! you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank yeah. you. And I am, like, for the first time ever, planning my, like, birthday-like thing. Congrats. And I'm trying to invite certain amounts of people. We're having like a little fun night. But it's so nerve-wracking because as soon as I sent out birthday invites, mm-hmm. I immediately just started thinking no one's going to show up. And I still feel that way even though people started to RSVP being like, yes, we'll be there. But you just never know. Anything, like, I don't know, the apocalypse could break out July 28th and then everybody just can't make it or something. Well, you wouldn't be there either probably. <laughs> Or that, you know, anything could just happen where they're just automatically saying they just can't come on the day before. And I'm trying to figure out how I get rid of this anxiety. Like, I have so much anxiety around. I kind of just want to cancel the entire thing. No, But I've already sent out, I've already sent out invites, but I still want to cancel everything. I think that this is... Because I don't want to be embarrassed. Well, one, so many things are outside of your control, and this is a great way to practice mindfulness and just letting go. It's out there. It's happening. You've done the work you needed to do. Can someone call in with actual advice? Because, <laughs> but producer Vanessa, do you have anything for me besides mindfulness? Go jog yeah. or something. Jog people it are already at RSVP. Exactly. People are coming. Even if six people come, that's it's so fine. embarrassing. No, it's why is it embarrassing? embarrassing? We're not good enough for you guys. <laughs> at least, at least you know two people are going to be there. I mean, that's sorry, true. my boyfriend can't. But, you know. <laughs> I don't know, y'all. I just, I wonder, is that a common feeling? Oh, it is. Oh, oh wow. Oh, my um, goodness. <laughs> you know, that's why I was telling you I don't do big birthdays anymore. I just do it chill. I just leave town. I don't know why. Here's the thing. I think it, the reason why I feel this as we wrap this up, the reason why I feel this way is because I honestly feel like my social life is is equal to someone stepping off the plane here for the first time. And so I'm just now making friends. And I have you all, of yeah, course. welcome to L.A. But I'm just still so nervous, so I don't know. No one's going to come. Well, you're not going to know unless you do it. No, don't stop. I'm literally stop that story you're telling yourself. Going to yourself. play every. I'm going to be like a sad prom girl Ugh. with her mascara smudge and a prom dress because she never, her date never showed up. Very Drew Barrymore. 
Or what if, like, 10 dates show up? What are you going to do about that? Well, then we'll have a good time. All right. Think about that. Stop thinking about the negative. Man. You know, it's more comfortable to think about the Debbie negative. Debbie Downer over here. Just saying. I'm nervous. <laughs> Let uh let Ryan know what he should do at LGT show. Let send me help love. him. He needs some help. Yeah, will y'all show up if I invited you? Oh please. Okay, now it's good. We'll just pack out the. Too much. <laughs> I'd rather invite strangers off the we street. We need to just deal to with the sure. news right now. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. So coming up, uh, we are going to be talking about the the cult of busyness. 3:35 p.m. Pacific, 6:35 p.m. Eastern. Just quickly before we get into entertainment news, which is really all about. We're not. Okay. We're going to get into it next hour. It's going to be really fun. The Tokyo Olympics officially began today with the opening ceremonies. It was a four-hour extravaganza. You know, the typical flag-waving, parades, music, lights, cultural celebration. Then it had this lighting of the Olympic cauldron. They brought Naomi Osaka. Yeah, it's the opening ceremony. It was big. I watched a bit of it. They oh, always do these drone things. It's because my my housemate has a TV, and he's like, a, my at seven a.m. he's watching TV. Six forty-five in the morning. Well, I, yeah, it, you got to put your news on. I put good on a uh, Good Morning America it's on. Too much. I don't want to hear the TV anyway. But I watched a bit. It was fun. It was interesting. A lot of people are calling out certain things that were done that were kind of weird. They like, should have canceled it. But there was actually there was some old up man. Oh, he was so old. He was carrying some flag, and he just looked delicious. I was like, wow, I might have time for the Olympics this year. I mean, that's all. Just He was oiled up. When I tell you, he was oiled up. I know. People, yeah, I, I forget his name. Oh, I don't I'll know look what it his up. name was. His name is Pita Nicholas Ofatofua. Uh, Tonga's hot flag bearer. Yeah, he held that flag, <laughs> and he could hold me. And it's a long flag. Woo! Stop it. I'm getting hot and bothered. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. The top administrator of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops resigned after a Catholic media site told them and revealed that they had access to cell phone data that appeared to show that he was a regular user of Grindr and also frequented gay bars. They basically outed him. So what can we learn from this? Can I make, can I say something? Oh, yeah. <laughs> In true Ryan form. You know, when I was reading this story, I'm honestly so shocked there's a Catholic priest that was interested in dating adults. Is Did that I too much? <laughs> we need a sound effect for that. Is, is that too much? Too soon? <laughs> Heather Kelly joins us right now, uh, who covers tech for the Washington Post and finances. Welcome to the show again. Thanks for having me. So how did this info get out? Exactly. So there's a lot we don't know. So this organization is, I'm sorry, let's call it a newsletter. It's a Catholic newsletter called The Pillar. They claim that they basically got commercially available location data. Basically, the stuff advertisers can buy, anybody could, could buy this with a little work. And then they use things they already knew about this priest to, to de-anonymize it, basically. Uh, and they were able to track his location because they knew where he lived and they knew where he worked and they cross-referenced that and they could they could see where he was going and frequently get, frequenting gay bars in the area, um, using Grindr and also going on dates. Yeah, and so I guess what is the, the bigger picture here, especially about phone location data, because clearly there is no privacy. No, and the funny thing is this is something that privacy experts have been warning about for I mean, I'll be nice and say a decade. I'm sure it's more than that. And it's really hard to get people to care about really boring terms like location data, GPS, and data brokers. And being able to say it's being weaponized to out a priest is 
is one of the first examples where we can really point to the harm of this. Like, this is the worst case scenario they've been warning about. Maybe more people will take it seriously now. And what did Grindr have to say about all of this? So Grindr is denying that its data could have possibly been used, but it's actually had two statements. Um, one on Tuesday was like, this is inconceivable, impossible. Those are not direct quotes. Uh, and then the next day, they're like, we don't think it's likely. And so they're definitely softening the tone. Um, but they claim that there are protections in place. Uh, one of those might be the fact that the, the data is anonymous. However, uh, experts have shown time and time again that it's pretty easy to find out uh, who, who is attached to these different sets of data. Yeah, it's really unfortunate, actually, but it's not surprising. I mean, we've been hearing this from so many apps and dating apps. So what do we do? Like, especially, you know, this sucks for this priest because he's clearly he's lost his job. He's lost his livelihood and everything that he's kind of known just because of homophobia. But like when you're looking at the story, what are other people supposed to do when it comes to their privacy to make sure they're okay? It's funny. Like part of my job is to come up with really helpful tips. Like do this, (laughs) do this setting. And everybody I talked to for this is like, well, yeah, no, we're all we're all kind of screwed here. <laughs> like, there's, wow. there's small things you can do. Like you you can if you're think about your threat model, basically, like what's your worst case scenario? Like if you're not a priest and you're OK with people knowing you you use Grindr, then that's probably not going to be a concern of yours. But if you're in a sensitive job and you have information you don't want out there, use fewer apps. Don't use any apps that could indicate you in any way, you know, identify you in any way. You don't want to be identified publicly. Um like, are you going to go and read all these privacy policies? No. Probably I mean, not. it's my Including job and when I don't you do have, it. You know, you just need a, you want to fulfill something. You're just going to go after it, right? Well, I'm assuming, you know, moment. when you first <laughs> install these apps, you do it once. You don't like delete and reinstall. I mean, I, I don't know what people do. But <laughs> um, you can set things like turn off the location data. Just turn it off completely. I know some of the features involved, like who's around me, like who's, who's nearby and who's available right now just turn them off. Like, just find some other ways to use the app that don't involve the location features. Yeah, that could be hard if you're trying to find someone around you. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know, maybe go go back to the old school way, you know? Let's do some texting and, and plan a meeting in an hour instead of in 20 minutes. Well, it does leave it open for maybe someone to come in and do this properly, although it seems like people can't even when they try to. Uh, thank you so much for being here and for making us understand the story more because this was going viral this week. That was Heather Kelly at The Washington Post. Have a great rest of your night. Thanks, you too. Coming up, do we need a dislike button on Twitter? And what's Twitter going to do about it? Because they finally announced that they're testing it out. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Twitter announced that it's testing a new system for upvoting and downvoting your tweets. The goal is to help it identify what type of content users want to see. I mean, how much more do you need? You already have the like button. You have the retweets. You have the reply. How many more things can we do? Uh, well, I didn't even think about that, I guess. I, I mean, isn't I just... that what people, like, people are interacting with it through that? What? Meaning, people already, that's the way you can interact with a tweet. Like, you, if you like a tweet, that's your, that's like you upvoting it. Like yeah, why? but it's a dislike button. So people, I just imagine it being either used for petty things exactly. or being used to further harass marginalized groups. Like people could gang up. Trolls could totally gang up on someone and do that. And that's lame because then if you downvote something, then they're not going to put that person's content to people. 
That yeah, really or that, yeah, my, that's that's the worries that I have on how I don't think that companies like Twitter think about stuff like that. How all some of these new updates really it only uh, trickles down to negatively affect you know black folks or you know marginalized groups, which is awful because you one what if something gets a ton of dislikes? What does that mean? Does that mean they get shadow banned? Does that mean they get you know? Uh, blocked or like temporary suspended like what does that really look like in the breakdown of things and like it's just like this isn't YouTube I don't really understand why we need to like if you don't like a tweet then just ignore it yeah you already have if you like it you like it if you don't like it you move on Yeah, it's like Reddit they're trying to do like a Reddit style thing see I'm not on Reddit like that and like uh, I saw I don't really know the I guess the format of a Reddit but it doesn't it doesn't seem like it's necessary it just feels like these platforms just keep launching new things to launch them. And then it's like, what's the point of all of it? What do we actually, what the question is, mm-hmm. what do you actually really want? Like, you're Well, a, we really what, want what an edit really button. Want? We want an edit button. That's what I really want because sometimes I'm so annoyed that I have to delete tweets that are already doing really well because there's a, a typo in it. If I could just hit edit, then it could just be edited and it would be still doing the same but numbers then it was doing. People could edit any of their tweets at any point, and then it kind of What's, defeats yeah, the I, purpose. What do you mean? That's that's the whole point of an edit button. Are you saying there's a negative side to edit? No, button? meaning like the part of the, the, the platform is that you post something and it's in the moment and it, like you could see it. That would also cause it so that people who did things that were problematic, they would see that well, I guess they could just delete it anyway. Yeah. All right. So if you could delete something, you might as well edit it. That's why I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't know. I see, I see the wins for the, uh, for an edit button. I think that's necessary. It's annoying, and it further annoys the people who are using the platform when you don't listen to them and you put up other things or do other things or add other things that no one asked for, like this dislike button. Yeah. There are people being paid, you realize, a lot of money for these decisions. Yeah, and they're not so listening. So much money. I mean, I wish I was getting paid to not listen. Actually, this is what this show is. <laughs> <laughs> Except you're not getting uh, that check that these Twitter people are getting. You don't know. Okay. You know what I'm getting. Oh. No, she's right. We're all poor. <laughs> <laughs> well, coming up on that show... <laughs> More on the historic LGBTQ plus nominees announced by the Senate. That's next on What's Trending This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Coming up on the show, how did we get so busy? The history behind the cult of busyness in 15 minutes. Plus, why gymnasts weren't at the Olympic ceremony today. That's in the T-Report in a moment. But first, let's get into some What's Trending This Hour. Alabama Governor Kay Ivey snapped at a reporter when asked about vaccines. What is it going to take to get people to get shots in arms? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> Folks supposed to have common sense. But it's time for to start blaming the unvaccinated folks, not the regular folks. It's the unvaccinated folks that are letting us down. But as a leader of the state, don't you think it's your responsibility to try and help get this situation under control? I've done all I know how to do. She said it. Kay Ivey. I mean, you don't want to mess with Kay Ivey. First of all, she didn't do anything. Well, Alabama. She's a Republican in Alabama. Well, at least she's saying the and right she probably, thing. She probably denied it. 
so much. And there had to be another more serious um, variant that is threatened to kill all of us. And now all of a sudden she wants, um, you know, people are stamping up. I'm sorry. The Republican Party didn't rally around when it was necessary. And now we're stuck where we're in the pandemic of the unvaccinated. I'm sorry. You're not getting a cookie because you're saying all these things. Well, Alabama is currently the lowest in the nation in terms of those who are not vaccinated. So and you can't get mad at people when they ask you about it. You're living in a red state. Dr. Michael Sack joins us all the time telling telling us oh, yeah. how frustrated he is sometimes with Alabama and the way they're doing things. We got to connect her to Dr. Michael Sag. I'm just saying. Well, speaking of this fourth wave of COVID-19, Amazon warehouse workers say the company is notifying them of a rising number of cases among employees. At the same time, the company's relaxing, relaxing its mask policies and shutting down on-site free testing at the end of the month. For nearly two months now, Amazon has allowed nearly all workers to come to its centers maskless if they are fully vaccinated. And if the workers want to be maskless, they are asked to demonstrate they have been vaccinated. But supposedly, as things are getting looser, some employees are saying that unvaccinated workers are there too, and they're worried that they are causing the spread of this. I mean, and then I, I, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, we thought we could get it from like things that were delivered to us. Remember? Were you one of those people, Ryan? What? Where you like cleaned everything before it came into your place? Like if you got a delivery, you're like, I have to make sure this delivery is yeah, well, clean. Well, to be honest, I really wasn't del- getting stuff delivered as much. I was, um, I, I was actually going out to, you know, still buy the things that I needed, but I was most definitely wiping down even like packages and yeah. things like that. Yeah, for sure. Until you just didn't hear anymore. Yeah, now. But, uh, now. but COVID-19, the variant, is spreading through Amazon. Now, this U.S. Senate to confirm two groundbreaking LGBTQ plus appointees to the Department of Defense. Gina Ortiz-Jones was confirmed as Undersecretary of the Air Force, becoming the first out lesbian to be an undersecretary of any branch of the military. Sean Skelly was confirmed as Assistant Secretary of Defense for Readiness, making her the highest ranking out transgender person in Defense Department history and only the second trans person ever confirmed by the Senate. Dr. Rachel Levine, who is the Assistant Secretary at the Department of Health and Human Services, is, of course, the first. So congrats again to Gina Ortiz-Jones, Sean Skelly, for these historic nominations. And that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Yeah, so Lance Bass um, is basically, he's the latest celebrity to speak out about Britney Spears. Oh. Um, and, you know, they were all probably very close to sync the Britney Spears days. It's time for your T-Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. Um, Mr. Lance Bass basically is said, was forced to say bye, bye, bye to Britney Spears because of her conservatorship. Um, he's claiming in a new interview, uh, he did a podcast um, to yesterday where he spoke out about um, saying that he's been kept away from her for quite a while now. He says, I don't know exactly what she needs, but I do know that she, to me, from what I see, is sane enough to pick her own people. Um, obviously, we already know kind of all of these these moments when it comes to NSYNC and 
you know, the Britney days, I feel like probably Britney and, and Lance were very close at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, it, Bass went on to say that he believes Britney needs to be away from her dad. Um, she needs to pick her own people running this conservative ship, even if she needs one, especially when choosing her lawyer. To me, there's a bigger picture here. The, the main thing that I'm concerned about is the court system and this judge. He added this. If this is really true. Then we have to look at this judge, right? Because that means they're corrupt. I don't know. It's scary. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a continued story. It'll be interesting to see where this lands. At least it's moving in the right direction, it seems. No, it most definitely is. And I, I, I just think it's really, you know, telling even people that have known Britney for years when they were kids. It's kind of he, him saying that she needs to get away from her dad. That's saying something to me because mm-hmm. I'm like, what was he seeing maybe in the behind the scenes of it all when Britney and her dad was like, they were around all of that, right? They were all Disney kids. Well, not Lance wasn't, but like, you know, Justin and then NSYNC when... Justin was dating Britney Spears. Yeah. So I don't know. This is really interesting and very telling. But when we come up, we're talking all things um, next hour Olympics because um, my girl, oh my God, what's her name? I just had it here. Sorry, I moved. Simone uh, Biles. Simone Biles. Yes. Some, something's going on with the, the gymnast at the Olympics and they weren't at the opening ceremony and she's revealing why they weren't. We're going to talk about it next hour. Okay. Coming up, what is status signaling and the reason why we are obsessed with being so busy? That's next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Let's talk about busyness. So many people are so busy. You know, you pack your day back to back, barely having time to eat, keep up with your friends, family, or breathe for a moment. And you've gotten so used to it. It's just a way of life. Whether you are conscious of it or not, you've become part of the cult of busyness. Yes, yes, yes. And here to share more is someone who wrote about this topic, senior writer at Vice, Shayla Love. Thanks for joining us again. Thank you so much for having me. So what is the cult of busyness? Just define it because some people might get that or not. 
Sure. So busyness is not just about how literal busy you are and packing each day with as much possible, which we all do, including myself. Um, it's more about the value we place on doing so and using it as a social signal to show others um, that we are in demand and that our intellectual capital is highly valued. So I think a great example of this is when people ask, how are you? A very common response now is, I'm so busy. And you might truly be busy, but also what you're doing by saying that to somebody is it's a social signal that's telling you something about yourself, too. That's really interesting because I, that is something that I've realized that I I do just because, to be honest, I started to realize that I didn't have much of a balance of work and personal life. So all I did I had to talk about was work stuff and talk about how, you know, overwhelmed or busy I was. And so do you think that was something that happened coming out of COVID or was that something that's always kind of existed, this idea of kind of status signal, signaling like how busy you are? Yeah, I think it ha- it was definitely around before COVID. And, you know, something that's interesting is right around the turn of the 20th century, there were a bunch of economists who were predicting that this ultimate social status symbol would actually be leisure because it would prove to other people that you were so rich that you didn't have to work. Um, but they were all kind of wrong about that because actually what is now the case, and um, researchers study this, even celebrities are people who are constantly opening up new businesses and doing things and traveling all over the world and being really busy. And so um, I think this is something that's really been um, like just growing over the past hundred years. And if anything, COVID gave us a chance to take a step back and recognize how we were not only, again, literally too busy, but using it as a signal of our worth to others. Yeah. And you can say technological evolutions and, uh, you know, uh, our abilities to create things that either scale work or make work easier. We're supposed to take the busyness away, but that hasn't done that. Absolutely. Right. So John Maynard Keynes is a famous economist. He predicted that in 2028, we would only work 15 hours a week thanks to uh, technological innovation. So, you know, 2028 is kind of around the corner. We're nowhere close to working 15 hours a week. There are a lot of reasons for that. One of them, of course, is inequality. So when we think about busyness as a social signal, um, ironically, it's actually the higher paid workers in the workforce who use busyness as a social signal more and are seen as higher status for being busy. When we talk about low-wage workers. Um, Busyness is just a byproduct of poor wages, lack of social support. They're not necessarily busy in the social status sense. They are just actually overworked. Wow. Oh my God. I guess you're just totally opening my eyes to this because I I just, I guess I never thought about it in this way. And I do wonder how does mental health play into this conversation? Is this, is this something that really could impact that and just individuals as you're, you know, doing the story? Absolutely. I mean, when you think about um, the conflation of productivity and self-worth, that's like, I only have value if I'm really busy, if I am, you know, intellectually of value to other people, if I'm as busy as possible. That's placing a contingency on your value and your self-worth on being busy and never taking time off. That's going to affect mental health because eventually you're going to burn out, right? And this has been shown in the studies, too, about busyness. There's sort of this irony where uh, they tell people that somebody is really busy and the, pe- the people in the study will say, oh, I think that person is more high status, but they also will say that they think that person is probably less happy. So somehow we've we've put these two things and married them together, which is that busyness is the highest status that you can have in our society, and yet also you're the least happy. So that that's 
pretty much a terrible equation when it comes to mental health. And for lower wage workers, we know, obviously, that being constantly overworked and making very little money and having no health insurance um, is horrible for both your physical and mental health. So it's it's pretty much bad for mental health all around. <laughs> yeah, we've created a monster of ourselves. I feel like, yeah, we, we complain about things that don't work for us, and yet we create more of it. You talk about the slow movement in your article. Tell us more about that. And is that something that will ever be really implemented? Yeah, so I think the slow movement, most people are familiar with that uh, in the slow food movement, which is one of the more well-known aspects of this, which is the idea that, um, you know, we should do local farms and it doesn't matter that you need fast food and things that are really processed and easy to get, quick to get, because those systems are not only unethical, but they're unhealthy for us and they create this thing where it's like you have to eat in five minutes and then get out the door. Um, But I think on a broader sense, it represents something that's called deceleration, which is this attempt to seek relief from social acceleration, which is that there's just so many things to do per minute of every day. So deceleration is something that sort of happened during COVID because our physical bodies have slowed down. There were less places to go. um, And there's episodic deceleration, which means there's just less things to do every day when we were locked down or we were supposed to be staying home. So this idea of decelerating or slowing down is something that people are trying to participate in, both for the mental health benefits, but also just thinking about what is best in the long term for how the society will function. Do we want everybody to be busy running around all the time or is it better to be have ethical models of business, ethical models of food, things like that that can happen on a slower pace? Love that. Well, that was Shayla Love, senior writer at Vice. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Slow it down, Ryan. Slow it down. Slow it down. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Grimes, you know, Elon Musk is her baby daddy. She's a musician. Well, she revealed on TikTok that surprisingly, the billionaire doesn't fund her career, which I have many thoughts about this because like, good on good on her for being an independent woman. A stupid one. <laughs> Let's be honest. What a stupid mistake. I mean, there's something to be said. It makes me feel like their love is real. Disgusting. Imagine sleeping and laying down with Elon Musk and he's not doing anything for you. Like, he's not giving you any money. Like, maybe it's just a gold digger inside of me, but girl, you gave him a baby. He can't even fund your career. I also feel like it's it's not a gold digger to ask for... T- Ask someone who is supposed to love you to invest in the things that you love, including if they're the one that's making more money. However, I Do you I'm, think they actually are in love? I feel they're like com- computer robots, Maybe. and they're just like, oh, we're here together. We should they be just together. Rub, they just rub elbows. Literally, and somehow a baby, baby number 00251 <laughs> pops out. They rub their phones together. Yeah, and that's what happens. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, just assuming they are together and they actually did the deed. Um, it is an interesting thing to be with a billionaire and the conversation. Like, I wonder the conversation that happens. You think she's you got, paying for dinner, too? Like, <laughs> what else is she like, doing? That's the thing. It's like there's a certain point when someone in the relationship is making more than the other person where it's kind of like just pay for the person. It's so annoying because I get everyone wants to be a feminist. But girl, I know some feminists who just also want to be taken care of sometimes, especially if they're dating a billionaire. And this idea, like, I just still cannot imagine 
being with Elon Musk and not being with him for his money. Well, as you can imagine, there were a lot and it's, it's of serious. jokes. There were a lot of jokes about this. And how this came out is that she said that... Um, that she basically has to... Okay, so someone said, why did you sign with a label? She goes, I need to get out of the gatekeeping of indie music, and I need money for music videos, etc. Haha, contrary to popular belief, my BF doesn't fund my career. Stupid. That's so embarrassing. It's a music video. That is You know so how much money music videos could cost? Like, They're costing like millions of dollars. I mean, Normani actually just did an interview um, saying that she put up most of her money for her new video, Wild Side, which is insane to know because she's a star. And, yeah. And she's basically being treated like an independent artist. But even, all right, so that sucks. But she's not dating a billionaire. Exactly. So how much is like a, a music video, a decent music video? It can be upwards of, especially of a Grimes type of artsy, fartsy video. It can be upwards of like a million dollars for sure. You think a label's putting up a million dollars for one of her Most videos? Most definitely. Well, a lot. I mean, a lot so of times for sure. For you if know they what? think they like, can get the money back and she's a hot enough artist. I feel like if I was her husband, I would say, I will, you know, if you need money, I... I, I will help you, but a million dollars I would like a you. To him. I would like you to try it yourself. Is that is like that bad? If he says that to her. Yeah, is that bad? If she was like, I would be there if you need it. Okay. However, so here's if you what can we're gonna find do. It, I would tell. Here's okay. This is you just presented as your Elon Musk telling me, and I'm Grimes. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, babes. Well, guess what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna take you to court for child support, and then that's gonna fund me, <laughs> fund my my career for the rest of the you know time. Wow. It's just ridiculous. I don't know. Maybe we're thinking about this all wrong. But Someone wrote the fact that he's not doing anything is just mind boggling. <laughs> you know, some of these tweets just. This is funny when we're going to wrap this up. Grimes liking Elon Musk for who he is rather than for his money is so much worse. LMAO. It is. That is the worst thing I've Grimes ever heard. fumbling possibly the biggest bag of all time. Girl. I You're dating have... Elon Musk? Just make him threaten your label, sweetie. That's it. He can literally tweet out one thing and everyone's so, stocks just drop. So, so, like, Grimes is with Elon because she actually enjoys his company? I feel sick. That's disgusting. It's disgusting. Well, anyway, that's what I kind of want to <laughs> ask you what you think. At LGT Show, hit us up on social if you have any thoughts on Elon Musk not funding or helping out his partner. Coming up, uh, why gymnasts weren't presented or represented, I mean, at the opening for the Olympics today. That is next on What's Trending This Hour and much more. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Coming up on the show, a man who brought back his dead ex via AI. The crazy story later this hour. And if it's ethical. Plus, more highlights and lowlights from the Olympics today. <laughs> and it's ethical. <laughs> That's how I talk. Could have just left that part out. Who Watch cares if it's me. ethical? I think it's, I think, well, we'll talk about it. I think it's interesting. Well, let's get into some what's trending this hour in the meantime. <laughs> it's Friday, guys. With COVID cases spiking in mostly unvaccinated Arkansas, former White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders says, well, if she is elected governor, that probably won't change. And here's why. Governor DeSantis is exactly right. He's done a great job in Florida. Um, if I'm elected governor here in Arkansas, we will not have mask mandates. We will not have mandates on the vaccine. We will not shut down churches and schools and other large gatherings because we believe in personal freedom and responsibility. That's one of the key cornerstones, uh, frankly, of our country. Boo. I mean... It's like not looking at all at the data and the results of these actions, just continuing just to 
dig a hole. I mean, this is kind of insensitive to say, but who cares? I think that I'm tired of worrying about people who are unvaccinated. I'm vaccinated. I honestly, that's me chalking it up. I could care less. If you don't want to get vaccinated, well, then don't get vaccinated. Guess what? It's still impacting you. Because no, because I'm not around them people. It, well, I'm not around people. I don't go realize. nowhere. You won't know. I'm in the confines of my home. Oh, no. Unless you're not vaccinated. <laughs> are you telling me you're an anti-vaxxer? You do have a lot of people around you who are. Oh, my Lord. Do so you see how, you know? You can't even let me talk. <laughs> you're telling me that you don't go to bars or other restaurants with your friends. No. Maybe you're in a bathroom where other people no. are. Or... We might have a par- birthday soon with nope. other people inside. Everyone you just don't that I'm know. inviting are vaccinated. People are getting it just from being around one like unvaccinated person. Like unvaccinated people are getting I it. I don't. What people. I'm saying is, I, I don't care if unvaccinated people. He's, now he's are... using his hands to talk like he's a puppet. <laughs> Ryan has a puppet. I have hands. Elmo on my arm, <laughs> and I don't care if people want to get vaccinated or not. Or to be honest. You know, this may be even ruder to say, but guess what? I don't care if they get sick. I don't. Because they're doing it to themselves. They are literally doing it to themselves. I don't care. I do not care. I'm over-talking about it. Let's move on. Players from the United States Women's National Soccer Team. It's so frustrating. I'm frustrated. I know. We're all frustrated. Exactly. And we keep talking about it. And people aren't doing what they have to do so we all can get out of this because they're butt wipes. It's not going to happen. That's why when you have half the country that is not as smart as the other half, this is what happens. Uh, this is really happy music for me to be going off. I like was about this. to get into the soccer story. <sighs> Do we care? Just quickly, I'll wrap it up with this. <laughs> okay. Put it. OMG. What's Players that? from the U.S. women's national soccer team filed an appeal to overturn a 2020 decision against their equal pay lawsuit, saying last year's decision defies reality. In May 2020, a judge ruled there was no basis to prove the players' claims that the U.S. Soccer Federation financially discriminated against the women based on their gender. I remember this. We've covered the story. The Federation said it was committed to equal pay and would continue to seek a resolution to this matter outside of court. In December 2020, the players reached a settlement on these claims, ensuring they would receive equal working conditions such as equal flight benefits, trainers, and hotel accommodations. It sucks that it took that. For these uh, women to get that. But that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Did you say Jenner? Or did you say gender? Ginger. Oh, okay, okay, cute. Well, okay, let's talk about Simone Biles, a little Olympics tea. Well, she answered some fan questions on Instagram on Friday amid the whole opening ceremony for the Summer Games in Tokyo. And uh, she addressed her, I mean, most noticeable absence. Now, uh, athletes from all over the world, many noticed that Simone, widely recognized as the greatest gymnast of all time, was not in attendance. In an Instagram story, Biles explained that the U.S. team considered that the threat of COVID-19 and the time athletes would be standing at the ceremony as reasons not to go. Hmm. Uh, The U.S. gymnast teams began competition the following day, and Simone said, and it wouldn't be smart to attend the opening. It really wouldn't. Um, She labeled it being, one, COVID, two, the amount of standing is crazy. U.S. is usually at the end as well because alphabetically. Three, we start the following day, so it wouldn't be smart. Four, we actually never attended opening, I believe. Um, So it's really interesting. I think that's smart, especially if, you know, Tokyo is not the Olympics or isn't really caring about keeping players safe. It's not smart 
if she wants to play, if she wants to do what she's doing at the highest level of this moment, and they work so hard for it, I wouldn't go to opening ceremony either. Yeah. I mean, it sucks because I know that's like the big thing, but sometimes it doesn't make sense, including if you have to compete. You're there to compete. You're not there to party. Yeah, I mean, if you didn't know, the U.S. delegation of Olympians this year is one of the largest ever with more than 610 athletes. And so, yeah, I, I think everyone's going to be kind of taking this type of caution at its, you know, most important moment. So, that's your tea report. I got more coming up next hour, y'all. Okay, what will companies do... If employees don't want to return to the office, well, we've got some answers next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. After a year and a half hiatus, many offices will open back up in September. Most companies are asking that employees return in a hybrid way. So you can come to the office sometimes, work from home sometimes. But some, some employees are saying, no, I want to stay remote. So what will companies do? Jack Kelly joins us, the CEO and founder of WeCruder.com, a startup social media networking platform to help people find new jobs during these tough times and senior contributor at Forbes. Thanks for being here. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So, I mean, you're in the trenches of this. What are you seeing right now? And I know we're going through it like there's hiring issues. So why aren't companies being a bit more flexible, I guess? You know, it's interesting. Uh, here in New York, people do not want to go back to the office. They don't want to slip in an hour and a half one way, hour and a half back. And when they realize that they could do better being remote. And if you think about it, for the last year and a half, it worked. It was like the biggest experiment ever, mm-hmm. and it was successful. So we tried it. It works. The stock market is on fire. Companies like Amazon, their stock price is through the roof. People were productive. 
And now, so what they're saying is, why are you going to make me come back? It doesn't make any logical sense. I mean, it really doesn't uh, now that we know that it works. But I do wonder, what are some of the cons of us, like, kind of continually working from home? Are there any? Oh, yeah. You know, it's not one size fits all. Like, for instance, I would suggest for younger people, it makes sense to go back into the office. Let's say for my kids, they graduate from college. You want to build a social network. You want to get contacts. You want to get a mentor. So for a lot of people, it makes sense. But what happens to somebody, let's take what happened here in the East Coast in the U.S., where this public school shut down. You have working mothers who have to juggle work, taking care of the kids, because let's be honest, the mothers do it more than the dads, which is unfortunate, but it happens. And so they have to say, do I have to quit? Because I can't do this. Um, It's not fair. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people, some people have anxiety. Some people have mental issues. Some people just don't want to go back and forth and run the risk of getting COVID. And here's, here's a wild card too, with the possibility of this uh, new strain, the Delta variant. Now, I don't know if this is real or not, or this is serious or not, but I think what's going to happen that people are going to be spooked and they're not going to want to go back even more than ever. Cause they're going to think, Hey, why should I risk myself? You know, we just got through a year and a half of this and now I'm going to go back and get sick. So I think there's going to be a lot of pushback from people going back to the office. Yeah, what do you think is stopping companies from changing things up and being open to a different way of looking at things? I think it's just habit. It's weird. I think, you know what, if you, if you have a friend, everyone has like, you know, know somebody, like a relative, a friend who's stuck in a time warp, right? Like the clothes they wear, the you know, the, the words they use, the music they listen to. It's like from uh, some era that's frozen in time and they're stuck there. And I think what happens with a lot of management, a lot of mid-level management, a lot of senior management, you know, people who are in their late 40s, 50s, 60s, they're so used to having people in the office that they just can't comprehend that there could be an alternative. And I think it's just they're stuck. They're stuck in this pre-COVID mindset and they can't kind of get past it. So what are people supposed to do if they're looking for a job right now? I mean, obviously, you run a kind of next Mm -hmm. generation recruiting site. What tips do you have if they want to work from home? And, you know, are there enough jobs out there? Yeah. See, this is this is the thing, too. You hit on a really smart, important point. It is um, in, in some areas like here in the U.S., it is a very good job market. So when it's a hot job market workers have the upper hand because right now businesses say they can't find enough people. So that's where they have more power. Now, if this was like nine months ago, a year ago, they really didn't have the power. You know what I mean? There's like so many people who are downsized. So now they have some more power. So they have clout. So what they could say is, Hey, if you're, and think about this for a second, they could say, Hey, if you make me go back to the office, either I'll quit or they won't say anything, but they'll stealthily look for another job. And, Let's say company A says, you got to go back. Company B is going to say, wait a minute. If we let people work remote, we'll get the best talent. We'll steal all the best talent. They'll come to us and work remote. So I think a lot of these companies are going to box themselves in. The ones that are very heavy-handed and they make you get in, go in there whether you want it or not are going to lose the best and brightest, and they're going to go to other companies. And I think the companies... Sorry, but okay. I, we're wrapping up here soon, and I really want to know. Yeah. Let's predict. Yeah. Let's predict. Let's do some predictions. Five years from now, where do you think we're going to be? I think five years from now, we're going to have 
kind of four day work weeks. We'll have flexible schedules, yes. so it doesn't have to be nine to five. Really? I think we'll have maybe a five hour day. I think people are going to start pushing back and realize, hey, this, this is not a life. We have to wake up six in the morning, go into an office, stay there for eight, 10 hours a day, come back and have no time for your family, your friends or hobbies. And I think people are going to say, hey, this, this can't last. And enough people are going to rise up and say, hey, no, it has to. We don't mind. You know, we want to work. We want to make money. We want to have a living, but we want to have a life. And I, you're going to start seeing that the four day week staggered work hours to work around the schedules of people to make so you don't have to rush into the office because you're scared that the boss will be angry because you had to take your kids to school. Um, and yeah, I, I say five years, we're going to see a big ch- a big change. Wow. Well, there you go. That's a good, <laughs> yeah. good Friday news for us here. I just wonder <laughs> if that's realistic. It's going to take like one we'll company say. to do it that's popular and then it's... Oh, no. Capitalism has a strong grip on us. And I doubt if it if it has if it if that type of mind frame affects like the money flow of everything, then that's not happening. I don't see that happening. Well, here, well, you have a great point. But here, let me. This is what I say. I think what happened. The smarter companies will realize, hey, if you have workers, look at your radio station, right? If if you have happy workers who are motivated, who are taken care of, who appreciate it, you're gonna work harder and do a better job. Whereas if you feel you're yes. being taken advantage of, you're you'll do your job but not as much, and you're going to have one eye looking for another job and one foot out the door. So I think it really is in the best interest of the companies because they're going to say, hey, you know what? If you take care of Jack really well and you treat him well and 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 I have to maybe have some accommodations, I'm going to be so appreciative. I'm going to work like, hard and be loyal. It's like you work here. It's like you know firsthand. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was uh, – thank you, Jack Kelly, for jumping on. Uh, Jack is the CEO and founder of WeCruder. A startup social media platform to help you find jobs and senior contributor at Forbes. Have a great weekend. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. Thank you. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So this guy uh, has a fiance who passed. And so he found a way to keep her in his life. You might be wondering how. Well, he started to text with an artificial intelligence simulation that basically was his late fiance. How, you might ask? Well, it's called Project December. And it basically, um, it's a bot that can impersonate different personalities. It can impersonate people like Shakespeare. Um, like It's kind of like, you know, the movie Her? Right. Yeah, yeah. kind of like that. And uh, I like the show Years and Years, if you've seen it on HBO Max. It's oh, a limited haven't. series. It's great. So he found that a way to impersonate other characters, like even Star Trek Spock, whom he was very inspired by, is by feeding Spock quotes from an old TV episode into this site. So he realized, oh, wow, this AI will sound like Spock. Like, this... Can you put the music down? It's so loud. Oh, is it? Oh, sorry. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying to focus on this story because this I is. I forgot. Just I'm dealing with the elderly. I have <laughs> my ADD can't handle it. So he then started basically putting in um, different things around his former, his late fiance, like quotes and everything. And this bot started messaging with him almost like as her, and it was so similar. And that was his way of staying connected to his, um, his. F- you know, his ex, which brings up a lot of questions. One, how healthy is that to create a bot to be like the person who is in your life who's no longer there? Is that even ethical? 
I'm, like, I mean, why? Why do you care? I mean, oh, it brings up a lot of the questions. Cares. One, I, I think for one, me, one, wait, one. Oh, okay. Imagine Ooh, though, she's on a row. But imagine if you were in a relationship and you passed, and like your exes continue. Like, would you be okay with that? Yes, because he misses me. It's a memory thing. It's like you're connected, and I think as technology grows, there's going to be these opportunities where we're not totally. going to just live this life. You know, right? We'll be able to kind of have some sort of um, opportunity to have a longer life, whether it be through AI and all these things like I'm I'm a fan of that because I think it, it helps people through the grieving process I think it helps people through um, the emotional process and I, I think it can be really a big tool uh, for so many people to kind of have a better for, uh, look at their mental health in ways but I think this wasn't just to grieve and connect like no, possibly what general, if it got I think there's some oh, like, yes, positives to this what if it got you stuck from moving on I mean how could you move on if you're continuing to connect with a lover who's no longer It's kind of like the same thing of keeping a like if a, vo- a old voicemail of a, a loved one that you have and you go back and listen to it like if it's a parent or something and you know how people put those uh their voicemails into tattoos or into like old uh like teddy bears and stuff and you can click on the teddy bear and you hear the old voicemail mm-hmm. like those are stories that people love forever because you can always go back and hear that doesn't mean you're not going to move forward you just have this moment to still kind of connect and feel like wow, I, I, I want to continue to remember that feeling I have with that person. And doing it and having it that way could, could be the way of doing it. I agree. This is just fascinating because um, this article in sfchronicle.com recommend that you check it out because it's all about how he discovered this through using this program, which wasn't originally intended for something like this to bring back someone who has passed. But through the technology, it proved that you could. It's called Project December. Um, and once again, do you think this is okay? Do you think it's wrong? Um, is this unhealthy? Let us know at LGT Show is where you can find us on social media. But it's definitely uh, fascinating to say the least. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We're wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yaz Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. Well, we all know that food insecurity has increased among millions of Americans, and Starbucks is stepping up to help combat the issue in its local communities. Well, it's about time. They announced an expansion to its food donation program that will roll out across the U.S. in 9,000 company-operated stores. They will donate any unsold food to those who need it most. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, I always wonder where they send leftovers needs to go somewhere starbucks will also True, donate because uh, when i worked at panera bread i've talked uh-huh. about this before you know we used to this was years ago when i was like probably like 17 we used to throw out all of our food at the end including breads uh what's those things the little round things that you eat for breakfast bagels yeah, like you, we used to throw away all that stuff, and it was so sad because we could really donate it. I think they do now, but at first it was like against the rules. Oh yeah, yeah, because there's liabilities around it. Yeah. Well, uh, Starbucks will donate 1.7 million dollars in grants too to the nonprofit Feeding America to advance equitable access to nutritious food for under-resourced communities. The nonprofit estimates that 42 million people, including 13 million children, may experience food insecurity this year. So it's a huge issue that needs to be dealt with. And actually, to date, Starbucks has contributed $45 million towards addressing hunger relief. So good on them for doing this. That's our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. 
And we are back Monday, weekdays here on Channel Q, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern, live. Next week, we're going to talk about how screen time can make you feel sick and ways to manage cyber sickness. I'm feeling that. Oh, my God. I, I'm happy we're covering that on Monday. Plus, guess what? A fresh stimulus check may be on the way to you very soon, and we'll be giving you those details on Monday's show. If you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There. We are sending you love and light. And honey, remember to slay. Now stick around for What's Poppin' with DJ Alex D right after this. Bye, y'all. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 